Hello, everyone. In this brand new episode, we are going to be reading the first chapter of Child of China by Maria Glake. Enjoy it. Put your mind to rest. Take a deep breath through your nose. Hold it. Relax every, everything in your body, while exhaling slowly. Another deep breath through the nose. Hold it. Release over every bone in your body. Feel yourself. Sinking into the bed, and listen to the story as it unfolds. Chapter One: The Flood. When Sata Sai was born, things were still all right in China, though it is true. That her father didn't go into the village to buy some red-colored eggs to celebrate, which he would have done had Satisai been a boy. As she was a girl, he didn't worry so much about her. He was a poor peasant, called Yu Yu. He had a large family to feed. And worked from early in the morning till late at night. His wife helped him to plant the rice and water the ground, for although there wasn't much land, it had to be looked after with the greatest care, so that the crops would be as plentiful as possible. Satisai had three brothers. Who were all older than she, but not yet old enough to keep themselves. The youngest of them looked after Satisai until she could walk. After that, she was left to herself. She crawled about the floor of the mud hut in which they lived, made her way outside the door, squatted in the sun. Fell asleep on the threshold, and chuckled when her mother came back from the field, gave her a hug, and wiped her little face with a handful of grass. Satisai was a good child. She laughed a lot, and gave very little trouble, apart from her gleaming black hair and eyes. She looked like any other little girl. When her mother held her up, Satisai could see the river, and when a boat was being pulled ashore, she could hear the long-drawn-out cries of the boatmen. When she grew bigger, she was taken with the family to the fields. She would sit in a furrow and play with the earth. 
and hear her father's sigh because it was too dry a summer. Sometimes, too, he grumbled because it was too wet. And one day he said there was going to be a flood. Sartisai wasn't sure what a flood was, and she was amazed the next morning when she looked out the window and saw nothing but water where the rice field had been the evening before. And when, as the day went on, the water came nearer and nearer to the hut and rose higher and higher, she understood why her father had sighed so deeply when he had said that there would be a flood. Every morning, now when Satisai woke, she ran to the window, and every morning she saw that the water was rising higher and coming nearer to the hut. Anxiously, she watched her mother making preparations to save at least the bare necessities of life. Her father sat at the window, staring at the water which was swallowing up his crops. No doubt he was thinking of the months he had spent, bent double from morning till night, sowing, weeding and watering, of how tired he had been every evening when he had lain down and every morning when he had got on his feet again. He thought of how the sun had burned down on his back and how the rain had drenched him to the skin. And all this had been in vain, for the water would not ebb before the spring and they had not reached winter yet. In the meantime, they would be lucky if they were not all drowned or starved to death. Sartisai's brothers, however, had no intention of being drowned or of starving to death. They dragged a leaky old houseboat from the village and set to work to patch it up and make a roof of grass over its stern. Their mother loaded it with all sorts of household gear, such as dishes, chopsticks and sleeping mats, and Satusai trotted into her room and brought her little mat. There was nothing in the house to eat but a little rice and a few soya beans, but everything there was went into the boat. As the house began to sink into the water, the peasant, Yu Yu, and his family got into the boat. The brothers took turns to keep it going by means of long poles, which they thrust into the water. The father crawled under the grass roof. The mother told the boys not to go too far from the place where the hut could still be seen. She hoped that Buddha, the beloved god of the Chinese, would save them even now by a miracle. 
but no miracle took place, and the family of the poor peasant Yu Yu had to look on while their hut was swallowed by the water. When the roof too had gone, the mother wept and wrung her hands in despair. The river had robbed them of their home and their field. They had nothing left but the boat. Satu Sai quite enjoyed having a ride on the water. She had never been in a boat before. If it hadn't been that her mother was so sad and solemn, Satu Sai would have been happy. It was all so different from usual, and that in itself was enough to please her. Before long, they met other boats laden with men, women, and children. Many of the children waved their hands to Sartre Sai, but most of the women and the old men were crying. What are they crying for? Sartre Sai asked her mother. Because they have lost their land and their homes as we have done. Her mother answered sadly. They met more and more boats as the day wore on and Sartisai began to see what a terrible thing a flood was. Towards evening, they heard cries coming from some of the houses that were still standing. What are they calling for? asked Sartisai and Yu Ling, the youngest of the brothers told her that the people who were shouting had no boats and could not save themselves. Are you hungry, Sartisai? Her mother asked. Sartisai shook her head, but her mother put a bowl of rice before her. It was only a small portion and the rice had longer grown cold as it had been cooked in the hut before, before they had taken to the boat. The brothers eagerly devoured their meal. Even the father chewed a bit, and the mother also took a handful of herself. But Sartisai could not touch the food. Yu Ling, noticing this, crept over to her and looked at the contents of her bowl with gleaming eyes. Aren't you going to eat anything, Sartisai? He asked. Sartisai sat with her rice before her, looking very sad. Can't you hear it? She asked her brother. Yu Ling dragged his eyes away from her rice bowl. Never before had he wanted rice so much as he did now. Hear what? he demanded. Keep still, she said, catching him by the sleeve. There it is. Listen. Yu Ling heard it. The water gurgled. Human beings wailed. 
shouted and screamed. But above it all, he could hear the weeping of a child. It was more penetrating than all the other noises put together. It stopped momentarily and began again. Sartus sigh sat listening. Every time the weeping recommenced, she sighed. Yu Ling stared gloomily at the rice bowl. Perhaps it's a little girl, said Sartusai. Her parents may have forgotten to take her with them, and now she's frightened of all this water. She imagined how she would feel if she were the little girl who had been left behind by her parents. She squeezed her hands together in horror at the thought. After a while, she said to Yu Ling, There's still plenty of room in the boat. Yu Ling knew immediately what she meant. He reflected for a moment and then said, If I fetch the baby, will you give me your rice? Sartisai could hardly speak of joy. Without hesitation, for a second, she eagerly nodded her head. It will be very difficult, said Yuling, and there's not much rice. You'll have to give me your rice three times, Sartisai. Sartisai nodded again. She would rather starve than fail to rescue the baby. It, it was now dark. After the meal, the father had crawled still farther under the grass roof. It was more than he could bear to see the misery around him. It's time to go to sleep now, Sartusai's mother said, and Sartusai pretended to be asleep. Then, her mother lay down too. The baby's cries, however, came nearer and nearer, and Sartusai guessed from this that Yu Ling was keeping his word. He must have got his two brothers to help him, for what happened next came about so quietly and quickly that neither the father nor the mother was aware of it. Sartusai herself could not have said how it was done. There was a little bump, as though the boat had grazed against a wall. The crying stopped. Then there was a jerk. A moment later, Sartusai heard breathing heavily. And then, yes, he put down his burden beside caught up the bowl of rice and disappeared with it. It was very dark and only a few of the boats carried a light. There was none in the boat which served as a home for the family of the poor peasant Yu Yu so that the little girl could not see the baby and no sound came from the little bundle. 
Satu's sigh's heart was beating, as though it would burst. She hardly dared to breathe, but she was very happy. After a time, the moon rose and made the night as light as day. Satu's sigh shivered, a little with the cold, and thinking that the baby would be cold, put her arms around the little bundle to warm it. It was only a tiny baby, and it now began to whimper. She pulled back the blanket and saw a little boy's face, puckered and tear-stained. I expect it's hungry, said Sata Sai to herself, finding a little rice which Yu Ling had spilt when he had snatched the bowl away so hurriedly. She took some of it and put it in the baby's mouth. It stopped crying at once, but when it had swallowed the food, it began to cry again. When there was no more food to give the child, she took him on her knee, put her arms around him and rocked him to and fro, humming a little song very very softly, so that no one else should hear. This pleased the baby immensely. He made little sounds of contentment, then was quiet and finally fell asleep. It was not long before everyone else in the boat was asleep. The water grew calm and the night was still and bright. Nothing more was heard from the other boats now that the calling and the shouting had died down. Sartre's sigh kept awake as long as she could. Then her head sank on her breast and her eyes closed. But even in her sleep she went on humming the little cradle song and whenever the child stirred she rocked him gently through her dreams. Sadly, all good things must come to an end, so I bid you good night, sleep tight, and don't let the bedbugs bite.